Welcome to the Middle Class VO Podcast. It's a very special one, and I I guess I wish we had uh, approached this topic before, but now we're here. The world is where it is right now. Um, Kevin Kilpatrick here in Nashville. Bobby Maxwell is in Cincinnati, and we are honored to have with us right now, in also in Cincinnati, Krista Walrock, and in Jacksonville, Trey Mosley, who are joining us on a very special edition of the Middle Class VO podcast. Uh, both Krista and Trey are remarkable voice actors and African-American voice actors, black vo- voice actors, um, as it were. And everybody knows what's going on in the world right now. And we wanted to have a podcast that talked about diversity in the voiceover business, uh, potential racism that has come up in the voiceover business. And uh, Krista, first of all, let's, let's start with you. Welcome, how are you? I think I am probably like most people. I, for the most part, I'm processing every day, thinking about other people feels like there's like a maybe a little bit of a heavy cloud so to speak yeah and uh you know you just try to find those joyful moments you look for the good and you try to keep encouraging people around you so and Trey what about you how are you doing right now uh (laughs) that is a relative question and it depends on the day you ask yeah today is good uh the last week or so not so much uh and and most of it just stems from things that have happened uh to me personally um you know for one if if we're gonna dive right into it let's do it my daughter calls me probably around seven or eight in the evening and generally this kid, well, I can't call her a kid now. She'll be 21, <laughs> actually, a, a month from today. Uh, Alright. You know, she calls me, and usually when she calls, I know it's, she she wants something. She's very independent. So she's not like, hey, Dad, can I get some money? Hey, Dad, I need this. She, you know, she has her own job. She works and, and all that kind of thing. So when she called, I was like, hey, what's up? And she was like, I got some things on my mind. And I'm like, okay, last time we had this talk, it was some knucklehead guy that, you know, was trying to date her or whatever. So I'm like, all right, let me put on the dad hat because here it comes. And um, what came out of her mouth was, I don't understand. And I said, understand what, baby? Why do they hate us so much? Huh. And um, it kind of, well, not kind of, it took me, it just knocked me right out. She was like, I don't understand why they hate us the way they do. We didn't do anything wrong. I, I just don't understand. Um, why is it that way? And I'm sitting here dumbfounded trying to elicit a response that would even sound remotely you know sensible and I had to question it myself you're like why do they hate us so much and my wife was in the other room 
and I, I knew she was listening because I, I had put her on speakerphone. And um, I said, well, uh, that's a tough pill to swallow. That's a, a hard, hard question to answer. Um, and we just, you know, without going too much into detail, we just tried to talk to her and, and kind of console. I mean, sobbing because she has white friends. Uh, the school that she that she went to was predominantly white. And, um, you know, she was bullied as a as a kid. Uh, so already she has it ingrained to, to have fear. And now you have fear from uh, a different it's a different type of fear. It's not just fear of, hey, I, I may get beat up by some kid that doesn't like me. Now it's a fear of possibly getting beat up by someone that hates you because you don't look like them or talk like them or act like them or whatever it is. It's not like them. And one of the things that she said that really raised my eyebrow, she's like, it's funny how they like to hear us rap or dance or they like the swag in our voice when we talk. It's like they want to be us until it's time to be us. And I said, baby, you, you answered the question. That's in, in some cases, that's what it is. Um, sometimes they want to be us until it's time to be us because they don't really understand what it's like to, to be us 24 hours a day. You know, they, they see us. And when I say us, I, I really had to tell her, you know, it's different from the celebrities that are on TV versus the nine to fivers like like your mom is folks like me who don't work in front of a camera um it's a little different for us whereas <clears throat> these folks that are projected into the limelight or in the spotlight so to speak you know they have a certain persona and, and folks gravitate to that uh us not so much so we are seen as different and I've even heard people say, I remember um, there's a, a retired athlete. Um, his name was Bobby Mitchell. Uh, he was a running back. And he talked about how, and just to show you how far back this goes, this was in the 50s. He talked about how um, one of his teammates made a tackle. I'm sorry, he got tackled. And one of his teammates rushed to his aid. And the guy that tackled him was, was also black, but his teammate was white. And he said, hey, you know, you N-word, get off our guy. And Bobby's looking at him like, you know I'm black, too. <laughs> oh, and then he goes, well, that's that's different, Bobby. You, you, you play with us. And come on, let's go to the next play. And that in itself is kind of what we go through every day. You know, to certain individuals and white individuals if they're friends with you you know you're their guy but then to that individual that's not their guy is like they see us as two different people when we're all the same and that uh that bothers me to no end wow uh, I, I just that's just um, my mouth was kind of opening several times they're just going wow you know to, to hear it is 
I'm glad we're doing this podcast, and I hope that a lot of people listen because this is so important and and eye-opening. Um, how is your business as a black person going? Let's put COVID aside. How is it going for you in terms of getting enough work, getting the work that you want to get um, for, you know, for lo- as long as you've been in your career? Are you... Are you on an upward trend? Um, is it difficult? Just can you talk a little bit about that, Krista? I think for the most part, um, it's been consistent. Um, I would not for myself personally say that it has increased, um, but it is consistent. It, it is ongoing. Um, I do a lot of marketing and and I really, more than anything, have just been trying to make sure that my clients are okay. This is, you know, everyone feels awkward and scared and um, are experiencing anxiety. So nothing about this is comfortable. Um, And so that's kind of how I I view it. I'm still going to work. You know, I'm still getting auditions and booking jobs and all that good stuff. So, What about clients? Trey, do you, do you find that – are the majority of your clients white or are they black? What, how does that break down? So um, I guess I can kind of piggyback on, on Chris's response. Um, it hasn't increased or nor has it decreased, but it's a it's a – it's a nice ripple in the pond. Um, a lot of my clients are are not African American, are, are not black, um, but the few clients that I have that are keeping me busy, um, I'm proud to say that they are very cognizant of what's uh, what's going on. I've actually had a couple of my agents. Uh, call me directly and, and we chatted for, you know, a couple of minutes and it was like, you know, what do I need to do to better, um, to better understand? And, you know, that's a question and I, and I tried not to answer it with anger because I've had my white friends call and say, man, what can I do to help? You know, what can I do to understand? And I said, well, if you really want to understand the first thing you need to do is listen. Uh-huh. Just listen. You know, there's a reason these young kids, um, middle-aged folks, and even some folks well into their 70s are out here raising hell, and they are mad as hell because it comes to a point when are you going to listen to us? When are you going to take what we say and really give a damn and really care? You know, this 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 young dude that was, uh, let's call it what it was, he was killed, he was murdered. You know, uh-huh. this, this is now in a long line of travesties that have happened like this with law enforcement. And not just with law enforcement. There was a uh, the guy. Um, oh, his name escapes me. Aubrey. You yeah. Know, Aubrey. Uh-huh. The dude went out for a run, and 
according to uh, now, I was watching some of the proceedings today. You know, they what they they felt, and this this is the sad thing. They felt they were they were doing something honest by making a quote unquote citizens arrest. I'm like, but arresting him because of what? And then if you're gonna make a citizens arrest, you don't have to draw arms. If you're man enough to stop this guy and and corral him, then take him down with your hands and see what happens. Maybe you'll you'll be able to to hold him until real authorities get there, but that didn't give any warrant to take his life. So I say to anyone that's listening and you want to help, first thing to do is listen. Um after you've listened, then I need you to act. It's one thing to say, I hear you. I'm here for you. We're here for you. Um, I need a little bit more than that. Um, you can listen and hear me all day, but then what are you doing to help? So by that, um, find out if there's a, a, a rally. I shouldn't say rally. That makes it sound extreme. But find out if, if there are folks that are going to be demonstrating or protesting in your area. Go out there. If you're afraid to go out there, then give supplies, give them snacks, give them water. Um, I, I saw a video where some cops actually snatched, uh, it was like a case of water out someone's hands and they started poking holes in it because they didn't want them to protest on, on the street. <sighs> and, and it was peaceful. Folks were just walking and they just snatched the bottles of water and took them out of their hands like, no, you can't help. So when I say act, act means being involved. If you see, sorry, if you see stuff like that, that okay. happens and, you know, maybe you're afraid to confront the cops directly. You know, we live in an age now where news is just as fast as you pulling out your phone. Film it. Get it to a, a an outlet that is not afraid to to show it and if they won't show it then use your own social media platform but then you have to understand the risk that comes with that the risk that we take every day is a lot of folks i, I feel for fear of what others think they see what's going on around them and, and it's like well i don't want to be judged based on what i do well welcome to being black in 2020 right can I jump in real quick um, and just add something to that? Um, Facebook, I'm on Facebook all the time. And lots of lots of Facebook friends, tons of comments whenever, you know, I put a post up, whether it's about the dog or, you know, my life, whatever. I've, I've posted twice in the past week about BLM. I am shocked at how few people are responding. And I think... Uh, Kristen and I talked about this earlier. I think it's fear, and I think they don't know what to say, and it's easier for them to ignore it than make a comment. And that's part of the whole problem here is we're, we're not communicating. Well, I wish that was yeah. a luxury we had, but we, uh, <laughs> I wish we could ignore it and it'll go away, but my father his father my mother and now me um yeah that's something you can't ignore All right 
What about as it pertains to voiceover? Krista, have you, in your career, uh, have you observed or felt the presence of racism at any time during your voiceover career? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. and I, please forgive the naivete of the question, you know, obviously I, you know, I can't experience what you experience. Um, and go a- as far with it to discuss as you want or as little as you want. Well, first off, you know, you, you don't expect those things when someone hires you. Um, and so, you know, a lot of times if I get hired because I'm black... I either don't sound black enough or in one instance, I was in a live session and um, one of the gentlemen said, you keep saying acts. And and I stopped because my mother was in the Air Force and I'm an educator and my mother was very strict about enunciating. So I know I was I was recording I know I didn't, I never said that. And I said, really? And I said, well, let me do it again. And when I finished that session, I repeated that line again and again. And I went back to my audio. Not once did I say the word AX. It was always ask. Wow. And so that's, that's just one thing. But you have to kind of hold that's yourself what they were together. Hearing. Yeah, that's that's what he was hearing. That's what they chose to hear. Yes, and so I, I couldn't say to my client, I have never said that. But if you want me to pronounce it that way, I can. But at the same time, it was hold that anger, and that frustration, and keep working because they're paying you to do this, and you know how to do it. Oh. Trey, what about you? Oh, yeah. Uh, I had a client in the Netherlands. And um, so it's it's one of these strange things where <laughs> growing up as a kid by certain peers and friends, I was always the guy, even though I I spoke with slang and, you know, talk with slang and, and, and whatnot, I also you know, enunciated my words and, you know, they'd be like, oh man, that they would like, he talked like a white boy, you know? And with them, I knew it was in jest, but then the full circle of it all is I was doing this uh, narration for this, you know, this Dutch company or whatever. And the guy was like, um, I don't understand. I don't understand. And I'm like, what is it that you don't understand? And now they're speaking in their native language, which, of course, I have no idea what they're saying. But I think the main producer did not speak English that well, so they were translating for him. And they were saying that uh, he wants you to to sound more black. I said, well, you know, this don't rub off. (laughs) So now in my head, instead of being angry, I decided to have some fun with it. I said, well, I said, well, I, I said, well, how black does he want me? Does he want Southern black down here, sir? <laughs> uh, and I said, does he want an angry black man? I said, what kind of black does he want? <laughs> so, 
there, there is an awkward silence that, as the country folks right? say, you could hear a rat piss on cotton. And then, <laughs> so then he 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 comes back and he says, uh, "No, he does not want that." But he he wants you to to sound good black. I said good black. Oh my gosh! Oh boy! What they were trying to say but could not articulate. He wanted a more professional tone because he thought what I was saying was not quote unquote black enough. So he wanted me to use more more of a heavier timber in my voice but still sound professional. So after all of that, and now I can I can hear the <clears throat> the throat clearing. I said. So then I go. Is this something he would he would prefer some a more tone a more serious tone like this? And then I hear silence. Yes, that is what he would like. I said. Then why didn't he just say that? I'll be happy to I'll be happy to do it in this tone. I said. As a matter of fact, I'll speak like this for the entire session. <laughs> And I, and I proceeded uh, to do so, and we did the session. And when I tell you they apologized profusely, they they almost paid me double, I guess, just for pain and suffering. They're like, we are so sorry. Please, please, please excuse our, our, our lack of translation. And I'm like, all you had to do was simply ask. And this yeah. is what I mean by listen. You know, if there's something you, you're trying to convey and, and maybe you can't get the words to come out, don't assume. Ask right. us. We'll, we'll, trust me, we will set you straight. <laughs> if we don't do nothing else, uh, we'll, we'll get you right. We will uh, we'll straighten you out real fast. But, um, yeah, I've, I've had that, that happen uh, numerous times where, and kind of what, like you, like you said, Krista, I've had things where I've said, um, Straight, and they're like, "Did he say straight?" I'm like, "Nope, I said straight." Or I may say, "Asked." Did he say axed? I did not. My mother taught. <laughs> my mother taught for forty years. If there's nothing I don't know, is how to talk and speak. I said I did not say axed. I said asked. Oh, it just sounded like I said. Well, perhaps on your end. I said maybe we should re we should disconnect, source connect, and reconnect. Because uh, <laughs> I didn't ask, I ain't awesome. asked nobody nothing. <laughs> now, if you give me a script for Southern dialect, so I sure can ask you some questions. <laughs> but that's not what you asked me for. Let me ask you about um, auditions, um, the roles that you're you're getting for auditions, whether it be from your agents and Trey. I know you're with Atlas, right? So. Um, and uh, I know, Krista, you have several agents, and pay-to-plays if you're on them, or production houses. Um, do you get mainly auditions that are asking for a black role? Do you get you know national jobs that could be either way? Um, and in also in this, how do you feel about any other race, white person, Hispanic, whatever, trying to do a black role. I know that this has come up in the business big time in the past year. I get I get African-American jobs at least daily. Of course, I'm not going to do them. But tell me, tell me how it is for you in the audition world. 
Krista. Okay. Um, most of the time, you know, I, I can audition for just about anything and, and um, unless it says, if the, if the role says Caucasian on it, I won't touch it. Because they, they're not asking for someone who sounds like it. They're, they're saying they want a white person to do this role. <clears throat> it's, it's the language that I see. Um, I get a lot for African-American with a deeper timber, warmth, all of that. But I also get recently, I'm getting a lot of stuff that says Viola Davis on it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm getting that quite a bit. And I really study her mostly just to see her her passion and her heart and it helps me to that's emulate why i her. study her too by the way <laughs> for <Yes. her> passion. <laughs> i got an audition uh with the same characteristic they didn't name any male actors it right was, it was for an african-american male but they chose viola davis as the catalyst for the person to listen to and i understand why uh she's very powerful she's very passionate yes when she speaks Yes. This particular spot was for one of those, you know, we're here, we care type of spots. So they wanted right. that conveyed. So, yeah, uh, she's a very popular person right now. Yes. Yes, she is. Yeah. So that's basically me on that end. You go, Trey. Oh, right. Let's have some fun then. Um, <laughs> You're so funny. I tend to do the opposite. If there... And I, I think that's just the rebel in me. It, it it's, it's such a blurred, blurred, blurred line in some aspects. And here's what I mean by that. So to answer the first part of your question, Bobby, um, if there's a, a dude or a young lady that can sound or mimic how African-Americans sound and she gets the part, I'm not all the way mad. What pisses me off is when you create a whole persona around a sound and you know that you are white as the driven snow. And then you create this entire website. You create this entire persona. You are now, it's different when, okay, Krista auditioned for it. So-and-so audition for it. You audition for it and you got it. At the end of the session, you're still who you are. Not this whole person you created, you know, is, is, is right. like Jekyll and Hyde. And now people are going to you because they feel that you are a go-to person because you have this certain sound. And then when right. they realize, you mean, she's a, she's not a, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's where yeah. I, that's where I have issue. So I've had roles that have come my way and they've asked, uh, you know, for a Caucasian male. First, I'm thinking, well, why would you send it to me if you know I'm not a Caucasian male? So to play play devil's advocate, I audition for it. And I do it because I feel maybe I can bring a perspective that they perhaps did not know was there. I like that. So if it asks for, you know, Caucasian male with uh, the, the ones that I tend to get with gravitas and an and authoritative voice, I can do that. And I'll throw the read in and, and send it off. 
And I'm like, eh, you know, we'll see. And then I get an email, hey, you're shortlisted for this thing. Uh, and I'm wow. like, I said, the one for the call, okay, yeah, they, they, uh, they said you, you, you did something different. I said, yeah, I woke up black today. That's what I did different. <laughs> Was your Madden audition um, for an, a black person? Not at all. Uh, wow. The the audition said they wanted someone that sounded like a <clears throat> like a, a DJ or um, not exactly a game show announcer, but someone with high energy. Um, so the role that I play in this game, so typical from a it's it's atypical from a regular announcer. You know, first and ten from the fifteen, he's back to throw. It's more if you took a club atmosphere. And put it in a football stadium. So now the announcer's not so stuffy. He's like, all right, y'all, it's third down. You know, I that's that's what I portray. <laughs> so I, I I make it uh the atmosphere very fun and energetic. And you know, I was uh telling uh Kevin earlier, it's crazy how it's taken off. I remember when I got the audition, I didn't know it was for Madden. My agent just said, hey, I just got this through the wire. Um, it's a video game company looking. It's a, And they do they make sports. It was very generic. And I think they did that on purpose. And they're just looking for someone who can, you know, be an announcer slash DJ for this game. I read a couple of lines. She got back to me in two days. Uh, she's like, um, can you go to Orlando? They want to do a face to face. And Jacksonville from Orlando, I could drive in my sleep. That was two hours. So I got up uh, the night before and drove down early because I wanted to beat the traffic. I said, I'll get a hotel. You know, shouldn't be that expensive for an overnight stay. Um, serendipity happened because the hotel where I was, as I opened my curtains to let the little sun in, right across the uh, expressway, I'm like, that looks like EA. I said, I didn't know they recorded down here. And so my agent says, here's the address. And as I'm driving, it's like a less than a mile drive. I'm like, oh, am I getting closer to this building? And uh, I'm like, oh, it's wow. It couldn't be. I said, but Madden's already out. Or it's coming out. Like, it couldn't be. So I get there. Sure enough, it's in the EAs. They're, they're, uh, their Florida headquarters. I'm sitting in the lobby. Some guy, and I've never seen him again since. He's like, "You Trey?" I'm like, "Yeah." Hey, man. Um, you know, can't wait to hear what you're gonna do for for Mad. I'm like, for who? And he had this look on his face, like, oh, shit, I shouldn't have said that. Well, hey, good luck in the audition. He takes off. Never seen him again. Oh my gosh. I get up, cool. Yeah, I get upstairs, and and I'll uh, cut to the chase. So, what was supposed to be a, you know. 15 minute audition i was there for almost an hour they just kept giving me lines okay say it like this say i said hey if i'm here any longer this will be a session and you'll have to pay me <laughs> and it was like all right all right we've heard enough then um and then um a I week later that. a week later my agent called was like pack your bags and they want you to come down and, and spend a week everything is paid for at the sheraton you just Come to the studio four hours a day, and uh, you'll be the new voice on this particular game mode, and the rest is history. Oh, man. Congratulations on that. That is, oh, that's phenomenal. What a feeling that must have been. Yeah, oh, I was, cool. 
if you ever watched Jerry Maguire where he's singing Free Falling, <laughs> I wasn't singing Free Falling, but I was singing something, and I called my wife. I said, guess who going to be on Madden? And she, so now she's in her office. She's hollering. And they're like, are you okay? She's like, yeah, I'm fine. And But we couldn't tell. That was the hardest thing is not telling anybody. Oh, I'm yeah. sure. I'm seeing commercials. I can't say a word. I just I told my mom, hey, I'm going to be in the video game. What is, I can't say <laughs> I, 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 I was like, I am not messing this up. This is big. I can't say a word. And they were like, we're going to drop it the first game of the NFL season, uh, which was the Bears and the Packers, and it'll debut then. And they flew me out to Chicago where the game was because they had a tournament that was going to debut this new mode. So they're like, yeah, so um, you're going to be in Grant Park in Chicago, and there's going to be a big uh, Superstar KO tournament, and you're going to be um, co-hosting it. Like, what? Wow. Okay. Uh, Sure. So <laughs> while I was out of town, I told my wife, I said, listen, the the, the game is going to, they're going to debut it as a download. I need you to download uh, the game while I'm gone. So she downloads it. And when she hears my voice, welcome to, and she just starts screaming, it's you. <laughs> so she is having a moment. She goes from from screaming and hollering to now she's like sobbing. So I'm just so proud of you. Oh, that's awesome. Love so it. that was that was a great moment. But yeah, in a nutshell, I've I've had a lot of uh, roles that have come to me that I know if it doesn't say specifically African American, it'll say urban. It'll say swagger. It'll say uh, street smart someone who doesn't take no BS. And I'm like, okay, why don't y'all just say what you really want? <laughs> yeah, once again, getting back to the communication, just just talk, right? Yeah, and just say what you want. So, yeah. and that's that's both sides. You know, if, if you're gonna um, audition for those type of roles, just be you at the end of the day. Don't, there's no need to, to create this a uh, whole online person and and not to go into detail of who the person was because like you said that's that subject has been touched in in every aspect um i think authenticity now is going to be even more important um because folks are, are getting tired of it you know i understand we portray different characters for a living but at the same time, give the folks who you're really targeting a chance to to do the work. Yep. I would hope that things are certainly, I would hope, I don't know, but I would hope and pray that things would not get worse. Krista, can you see things getting better in our industry after everything that's happened recently? You know, I don't really know how to speak into that because you're talking about hearts and if a heart if if someone's heart is not to mix with black people or minorities in general I don't ever really see that changing but the response of the hearts that are changed will be different Hmm. that's what we really need to see this is not ever going to be eradicated. That's like saying everyone in the whole world can look at each 
and every individual as a mom who raises a child with special needs and so people are afraid of him because you're afraid of what you don't understand. That's like saying everybody can do that. I don't ever see that happening. But our response can change. Um, People can step out um, so that if they see someone of a different race in trouble, instead of looking at the coat that they wear out of the love in their heart, they can say, "Um, is everything okay? This seems not to be necessary, the the escalation of this. Um, That's all it is. It's one person at a time. Yep. What about you, Trey? Um, so, yeah, that's, I think what's going to happen as far as, uh, in our industry, it's going to, I don't want to say force a lot of people, but a lot of folks are going to have to make a decision and say, okay, well, I know that there are a lot of, uh, VO folks of color that are very talented, that are very deserving, who's going to be the first person to take that leap and say, I'm going to give this person a shot. I'm going to give this person a chance. You know, I've known her for years and I may have sent her, you know, a a bit part or sent him a bit part, but, you know, I got this big project and I I feel they can do it. Uh, You know what? No audition needed. I know you can handle this. It's yours if you want it. You know, you, we don't mind auditioning, but just make it fair. It's it's almost like in the NFL, every year they they have these black coaches interview for these positions, and they're only doing it because they made a rule to do so. Yeah. Don't, <laughs> don't have me audition because you feel it's an obligation. If you feel I can do the damn work, then let me do the work. Right. You know, it's, mm-hmm. if I stumble and fall on my face, then say, you know what? <sighs> I gave him a shot. And even then, it all, so it's like, okay, and let me make sure I, I say this um, the way it's intended. It's, it's too, everything to me is twofold. I always, I always see both sides. So if you're that, that white producer, casting director, that white production shop, that gives me a shot, and let's say I come out the gate stumbling a bit, you have to also realize I've been fighting for that shot, for that opportunity. And now that it's here, I'm like, oh shit, it's it's happening. I have to kind of pull back some because I'm excited that I finally get the opportunity, <laughs> but I don't want you to perceive that because I came out the gate kind of slow that maybe he wasn't ready. I'm elated that you even thought about me. So now I have to calm myself down and say, okay, you are a professional. <sighs> Breathe. Because this is what you fought for. This is what you, you know, said, okay, give us a shot. Give us a shot. Give us a shot. Here's your shot. Now do the work. And not only prove to them that they didn't make a mistake, but now I have to prove to myself that, you know, I earned it and I'm worthy of it. I always knew I could do it. Now let me show you what I can do. Yeah. I don't know if either one of you are, are on voice one, two, three. I think you are, Krista. Um, I was really pleasantly surprised earlier today when a window popped up right right in the middle of like 
I was just, I think I was doing a search or something, and the window popped up with, um, it says, we stand with hashtag Black Lives Matter. The purpose of Voice 123 is to give everyone a voice, irrespective of uh, race, ethnicity, religion, or gender, and goes on and says, we hope you will too. That's a start. Impressive. Absolutely. Absolutely. <clears throat> I actually got a job through them just this week, so that was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. That's good yeah. to hear. What What is your thoughts, um, Chris, I'll start with you. What, what are your thoughts on, because this is just going to give me, Whitey McWhite, some perspective <laughs> on, and I'm being serious, What what is your thoughts on when you see white people standing up? for BLM or saying, you know, do you roll your eyes or does it make you feel better? How does it make you feel? Wow. Um, do you find it insulting? No, not if they, <clears throat> not if they really mean it, not if they're really meaning it and that it's not just because right now the cameras are on. Right. Yeah. And everybody's watching because I don't know where they live and I don't I don't know what happens when all of this dies down. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, if the proof for me, as much as I love seeing it, um, I want to see it in action. People say a lot of things. I, I'm not a person of a lot of words. I like to listen. And um, I believe that love is an action and not words. And so I, I appreciate the gesture, but how do we implement it so that it's an ongoing thing? Well stated, Trey. I hear that. Yeah, I, um, I'm not from Missouri, but you got to show me. Um, yeah. <laughs> the show me state. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I tell people that all the time. I'm like, hey, you can sell me a dream but if you take an active part in trying to make a dream come true then you have my attention um and and that's why i said you know 30 something minutes ago you know listen and then act show me that you're serious about it um the time for the like i said the time for the i hear you's and we're with you's has come and gone what are you going to do um, and, and if you are genuine in, in your actions, I can respect that more than you being genuine in your words, because you can say anything just for the sake of saying it. And like Krista said, when the cameras are off and the microphones are put away and I'm sitting here in my house looking out the blinds in fear and you may be sitting in your house eating steak and lobster, what are you doing to, to help? Uh, impact what's going on uh, to those in need, to those that if they're not affected, they will be affected in one way or another. You know, speaking of being affected, there was a rally here. keep saying rally. There was a demonstration (laughs) here uh, in Jacksonville and a good friend of mine, actually in the corporate world, she was my trainer and she, um, some, some guys jumped on the hood and roof of her car while she was trying to leave the demonstration, I had another friend in North Carolina get pepper sprayed and have a tear gas uh, can thrown directly at her. Wow. So when I say I need you to act, 
you know, if, if they're marching for what they believe in and for what I believe in, either you're going to be with them in solidarity in the actual marching or say, hey, um, it's going to be rough out there. But I know if you, you know, put this kind of material on or use this kind of stuff to get the pepper spray out, you know, help us if if you can't be out there with us, at least support us. Yep. We support you. I support you. I know. Yeah. I love you, Bobby. <laughs> love you too. I appreciate for y'all sure. for doing this. Well, thank you. Um, I think that's a, a good point to wrap it all up. And, you know, Trey, you said it well, you know, if you speak out, act out, you know, I think that's mm-hmm. how you could put it. And uh, from my perspective, I want to be better. I want to be a better person. I want our industry to grow from all this. I don't want it to regress. I, I hope we start seeing castings that are indicative of everybody getting opportunities, you know, and I hope mm-hmm. casting people will see that, you know, why, why put your references as Tom Hanks, Jeff Bridges all the time, you know, why, <laughs> you know, it's just beyond me why that happens. And, you know, today I got an audition though, that said, it said Tom Hanks, Jeff Bridges, Denzel Washington, you know, and, <laughs> and Viola Davis. Yeah, and Viola Davis. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, this is certainly uh, a reaction, you know, but hopefully it'll be a permanent reaction. That's yeah. all I can say. And hope. Can, I, can I add one more thing about that? Of course. So, casting directors and production folks, if you're listening, uh, understand, um, especially when you're casting for black men, we don't all sound alike. Because I say that because I look at some of the specs and it will have Lawrence Fishburne and then it'll have Dave Chappelle. And I'm like, I need you people, your PAs or whoever to really look at the copy and say, who do we, what sound are we looking for? Because I can do a Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, that's Lawrence right there. <laughs> but, but Chappelle. <laughs> I can't do a day Chappelle. Now, what I can take from that is they either want the copy to be very dramatic or they want someone that's very uh, comical. But I would submit to you, specify, we want a more dramatic tone a la a Lawrence Fishburne, but... If you can pull off something more comical like a Dave Chappelle, we'll listen to that, too, because now you'll have brothers who will say, OK, yeah, I can do the Lawrence Fishburne all day. I can't do the Chappelle. And they'll know not to try to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they'll give you the Lawrence Fishburne. And then you'll say, OK, out of, <clears throat> you know, 30 auditions we got, uh, looks like 23 of them are more leaning towards Fishburne and not so many towards Chappelle or, or it may be flip flop, but at least you'll know because you specified it exactly what you wanted, then you'll get what you want. Cause I, I get that all the time where I get auditions in the, the spectrum of actors that they have. And then I look at the casting notes where they want, you know, <clears throat> quirky or uh, aloof 
And I'm like, Don Cheetah was not quirky and aloof <laughs> in any of his roles that I've seen him in. Um, yeah, so pay pay more attention to uh, your specs and, and really think about what type of voice, what type of actor you want for the role and, and who you really want them. And, you know, I, I dabble in coaching. I'm not a, a coach coach by, by no means, but like beginners and basic, uh, you know, beginners, students. And I tell them sometimes if you see a spec and it says they want you to sound like Lawrence Fishburne, it's not a sound alike, but for the type of copy that it is, uh, he has a very dramatic voice. He has a lot of weight to his voice. So they want something that may be intense, something dramatic. Uh, sometimes he does a lot of narration. So they, they, they want you to be able to, to tell a story. So don't try to impersonate him, but just his demeanor and how he carries himself. That's what they're looking for in the voice. So give us something that will allow us to really put on display what we have. Um, you can't put us literally can't put us all in a box. Um, and they're talented comedic voice actors. They're very talented, dramatic voice actors. And there's some you can put right in the middle and depending on what day of the week can give you both. Mm-hmm. But just tell us what you want. That's all. Thanks, guys. This has been awesome. Thank you. It's an honor. And next time oh, we'll do it again, let it be, hopefully it'll be something fun. Exactly. Well, I appreciate you bringing some levity, Trey. You <laughs> you certainly helped the situation. <laughs> <laughs> Not a problem. My pleasure. I, like I said, I was glad to do it when you when you reached out to me. Um, it has to be done, man. And maybe this is the first step of many other discussions and podcasts within our our community that um, brings some awareness to this. So my pleasure. Uh, before we get, uh, wrap up here, guys, uh, Krista, how can uh, casting directors and agents uh, reach out to you? What's your contact, your email if you want? My email is Krista at KristaWalrock.com. And, and if you want me to spell it, I can. Yeah, go ahead and spell that out, please. <laughs> K-R-Y-S-T-A at K-R-Y-S-T-A-W-A-L-L-R-A-U-C-H dot com. Perfect. Trey, what about yourself? And I can attest and confirm because I emailed her the other day. Um, (laughs) uh, I can be reached at Trey, T-R-E, at Trey Mosley, T-R-E-M-O-S-L-E-Y dot com. And you can also go to my website, which is the same, TreyMosley dot com. And I am ready to work. Perfect. Thank you so much, guys. It's been a pleasure. It's been enlightening. And let's all be better people. Yes. I'm going to tell you this, uh, Kevin. You and Bobby are are better people, though. The people who are better are the people who are saying, what can we do? How do we do this? that, That shows that you're trying to understand. So thank you for that. That's the act. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That is the act. Or the axe. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Stop it now. That's what we call shade. (laughs) Oh, boy. Love you guys. Y'all are awesome. (laughs) Love you.